Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Exodus. Last time we read Exodus chapter 8. Now we're ready to read Exodus chapter 9. Let me just back up to 8 for a moment. Now, in Exodus chapter 8, we had the curses that I think of as just frogs and flies, you know. So this was the things that God sent to Egypt and Pharaoh to get him to convince Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go. So I'm going to read the last couple of verses here. The Lord did as Moses asked and removed the swarms of blood-sucking insects from Pharaoh, from his servants, and from his people. Not one remained. But Pharaoh hardened his heart this time also, and he did not let the people go. So Pharaoh is still dealing with Moses and the Lord deceitfully. Now, the Lord knows this. You can't really deceive God, okay? God knows this. He, he said ahead of time that Pharaoh was going to react this way. Now, to us, to our human mind, we cannot believe that someone would continue to do these same things over and over but we have another set of plagues that we're going to go through, and you're going to see, and I, I'm not, I don't think this is a big spoiler, this book is 2,000 years old, right? But you're going to see that Pharaoh does the same things over and over. The Lord is giving him every chance, giving him every chance, every, every effort is made to convince him in a basically not very harmful way just to let them go. So we are reading in the book of Exodus. We're ready to read chapter 9. And I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go to Pharaoh and tell him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go so that they may serve me. But if you refuse to let them go and continue to hold them, now hear this. The hand of the Lord will fall on your livestock, which are out in the field, on the horses, the donkeys, the camels, the herds, and the flocks. A horrible plague shall come. But the Lord will make a distinction between the livestock of Israel and the livestock of Egypt, so that nothing that belongs to the Israelites will die. The Lord set a definite time, saying, Tomorrow, the Lord will do this thing in the land. And the Lord did this thing the next day, and all kinds of livestock of Egypt died. But of the livestock of the Israelites, not one died. Then Pharaoh sent men to investigate, and not even one of the livestock of the Israelites had died. But the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, And his mind was firmly set, and he did not let the people go. So he's he's having it proven to him time and time again that these things are real. They're going to actually happen. And yet he refuses. His heart is hardened. His mind is firmly set. He has made up his mind. And he will not let the people go. We get stubborn this way sometimes, don't we? We want our way. We want things a certain way. We want what we want. 
and we get our minds set, and that's what we want. And we just refuse to let go of what we want, even when circumstances are changing, things are changing. We need to look at what is real, what is realistically happening, and we need to change our mind to follow reality. We can't just follow what we want to follow because that's our feelings and that's what we want. We need to look at what is real reality face up to the actual facts of what is going on and then act accordingly. Now, Pharaoh is up against God who is doing all these things and proving that these things are real, that he is real, and that Pharaoh needs to let the children of Israel go. But Pharaoh, like like any of us, like we get sometimes, we get stubborn, he is unwilling to think differently. He's unwilling to look at the facts, look at the proof, look at what has happened so far. I imagine, and I would imagine, if I was Pharaoh, it's only going to get worse. Then the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Take handfuls of soot from the brick kiln, and let Moses throw it toward the sky in the sight of Pharaoh. It will become fine dust over the entire land of Egypt, and it will become boils breaking out in sores on man and animal in all the land occupied by the Egyptians. So they took soot from the kiln and stood before Pharaoh, and Moses threw it toward the sky. And it became boils erupting in sores on man and animal. These were Pharaoh's men. The magicians, soothsayers, priests, could not stand before Moses because of the boils, for the boils were on the magicians as well as on all the Egyptians. But the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, and he did not listen or pay attention to them just as the Lord had told Moses. So Pharaoh still refused to listen. He still refused to pay attention. Now, the way this is written, it says the Lord hardened the heart. But I still think, I've never known a time or a place where God took choice away from anyone. Job would have been allowed to say or do whatever he wanted, as an example. But here Pharaoh was so offended, was so put off by the fact of God, by the fact that a higher power, a higher being existed. He was so offended by that notion, by that idea, that he was not the ultimate ruler in his universe. But you'll notice his magicians, they couldn't stand it. They couldn't stand before Moses. They had the bulls. Notice they didn't have any true power. They couldn't eliminate their own bulls. They were the same as everyone else. But Pharaoh didn't look at these facts and see the way things really were. He just continued to have his hard heart and not listen and have his mindset. He just continued in his stubbornness. Then the Lord said to Moses, Get up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go so that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you in full force, 
and on your servants and on your people, so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that there is no one like me in all the earth. For by now I could have put out my hand and struck you and your people with a pestilence, and you would have been cut off, obliterated from the earth. But indeed, for this very reason, I have allowed you to live in order to show you my power and in order that my name may be proclaimed throughout all the earth. See, this was being done so that God would be proclaimed. God would be talked about. This would get attention. Egyptian was a very powerful nation. There was a lot of, how would you say it? There was a lot of news. There was a lot of things being talked about regarding one of the most powerful nations on the planet at the time. So, of course, this would have spread God's fame. God's you know, knowledge of God would have been spread through these happenings and through the telling of these events. Since you are still arrogantly exalting yourself in defiance against my people by not letting them go, hear this. Tomorrow, about this time, I will send a very heavy and dreadful hail. Such has not been seen in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. Now, therefore, send a message, bring your livestock and whatever you have in the field to safety. Every man and animal that is in the field and is not brought home shall be struck by the hail and shall die. Then everyone among the servants of Pharaoh who feared the word of the Lord made his servants and his livestock flee into the houses and shelters. But everyone who ignored and did not take seriously the word of the Lord left his servants and his livestock in the field. Now the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand with your staff toward the sky, so that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, on man and on animal and on all the vegetation of the field, throughout the land of Egypt. Moses stretched out his staff toward the sky, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and lightning ran down to the earth and along the ground, and the Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt. So there was hail and lightning flashing intermittently in the midst of the extremely heavy hail, such as had not been in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. Now, I want to mention a peculiar thing in the Amplified description here. When it says lightning, for some reason, they have translated some of that to be fireballs, so that it says, uh, the Lord sent thunder and hail and lightning, and then in parentheses it says fireballs. And I'm not sure, that may be a more literal translation, but I'm not sure that that would, would have been the intent. Since thunder and lightning with hail is not abnormal at all, that's, that's pretty common. So I would expect it to really be thunder and lightning and hail because this was a plague of hail, not of fireballs. It wasn't a Sodom and Gomorrah type thing. So that's just my thoughts on it. It's just interesting that they had that there. The hail struck down everything that was in the field throughout all the land of Egypt, both man and animal. The hail struck and beat down all the plants in the field and shattered every tree in the field. Only in the land of Goshen, where the children of Israel lived, was there no hail. Again, a clear sign 
a clear sign that God is making. You notice those who already had learned their lesson and understood that the Lord was not playing around with. He was not trifling. He was being serious. They had called in their people and their livestock, and they were not out and killed by the hell. But I imagine there were a number of Egyptians whose livestock and people were killed by the hell. But it doesn't say specifically who did what. Then Pharaoh sent for Moses and Aaron and said to them, I have sinned this time. The Lord is righteous, and I and my people are wicked. Pray and entreat the Lord, for there has been enough of God's thunder and hail. I will let you go, and you shall stay here no longer. Moses said to him, As soon as I leave the city, I will stretch out my hands to the Lord. The thunder will cease, and there will be no more hail so that you may know without any doubt and acknowledge that the earth is the Lord's. But as for you and your servants, I know that you do not yet fear the Lord God. Now Moses has also learned a lesson. God has said that Pharaoh's heart is going to be hardened. He's going to be stubborn. It's you know going to take some time. It's going to take some effort to convince him. Now notice God could have just wiped them all out. But he didn't. He didn't. He didn't want to just wipe them out and kill them all. But realize that 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 was a possibility that was easily within his power. Now the flax and the barley were battered and ruined by the hail. Because the barley was in the ear. It was ripe, but it was soft. So it was ripe, but not quite ready. You know what I mean? It was close. And the flax was in bud. So it was also ready. It wasn't quite done, but it was you know, almost ready for harvest. So these crops were ruined. But the wheat and spelt, coarse wheat is how it says here, were not battered and ruined because they ripen late in the season. Now those plants may have taken a little abuse, but you know how plants are. They, they snap back, they pop back. So Moses left the city and Pharaoh and stretched out his hands to the Lord. Then the thunder and hell ceased, and rain no longer poured on the earth. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hell and the thunder had ceased, he sinned again and hardened his heart, both he and his servants. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the Israelites go, just as the Lord had said through Moses. So here Pharaoh sinned again. See, if this was not his choice, if God was making him do this, he would not be sinning. But see, God is not really making his heart hard. What it is is just the sheer fact that God and Moses is approaching Pharaoh, so God is approaching Pharaoh through Moses and saying, look, let my people go so that they can serve me. And now there's not really any kind of temporary or time frame being spoken of, just letting them go so that they may serve. So we don't know now we're at a point to where is this still talking about maybe a temporary thing like was originally talked about? Or is this more of a no, let them go, period? Now, God has already said, that it will take real convincing, and that Pharaoh will want to drive them out of the land. 
So we're going to see how this comes out in the, the following chapters. But I want you to notice here that Pharaoh sinned again and hardened his heart. Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he did not let the Israelites go. It was within his power to do so, just like it's every decision, everything we do every day, it's, it's within our power to make these decisions, to do the things we do. God allows us all that freedom to choose. We can have our hardened hearts. We can be as stubborn and selfish as we want to be or not. That choice is ours, the same as it was here for Pharaoh. Pharaoh had the option. He Look at what he puts his people through. Again, if we relate this back to you know, national leaders, world leaders, our leaders need to be godly. They need to be moral. This guy's not being moral. He's acting in a deceitful manner. He's not being honest, and he's not having integrity in his dealings with Moses and God. And that is hurting his entire nation. Because there are a lot of people not in Pharaoh's house, not in Pharaoh's service necessarily. You know, they're not Pharaoh's direct servants. But there's a lot of people in that nation being hurt because of his actions. And a lot of them, I'm sure, would be considered basically, by our standards, we'd say, well, they're basically innocent. They're, they're not involved in this decision. But he's bringing this upon them with his actions. And our leaders still do that now in different ways. Not exactly this way, but in different ways. That's why we want leaders. We want to make sure that we're electing officials and leaders that have integrity, that deal with us and with everyone honestly and reasonably, and looking at facts, looking at real facts, what's really going on, looking at the proof. If Pharaoh would take enough time to just look back and say, wow, I've gone through, how many plagues have I gone through now? What, what kind of events have I had? And they're just getting worse. Any rational, reasonable person would have said, look, y'all just go, leave. Don't let the door hit you. Just just go. Get out of here. But he's not being reasonable or rational. He's angry. His heart is hardened, and he's being stubborn. And it's because he, I'm, I'm almost positive. Now, I'm not a mind reader, and but if we, if we look at every one of these, he hardens his heart. He sins again because he is offended that there would be a God or that there would be anything that told him what he needed to do. That's just my thought on it. All right. So that is Exodus chapter nine. We're going to continue on. There's going to be more to this, of course. Not like I said, there, there's no spoilers here. This is a 2000 year old book. Everyone knows all of this. But I do try to treat this like we're we're just looking into each piece as we get to it so that I'm not jumping ahead a lot. OK, so anyway, this has been Exodus chapter nine. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.